Love Talk Radio. So glad it's a honor to tune in for another Juneteenth day, right, show with we. Because you know Juneteenth is celebrated in plenty of we city, right, y'all? Where we be between Jacksonville, North Kakalaki, and Jacksonville, Florida. And I still celebrate them this year, Monday. But I know plenty of honor children celebrate them Saturday. But what we going to do is what we always do on the air right here. We got key upliftment to the living legacy and pay ancestral homage. So please, y'all. Let me take a moment of silence for all the children with me today. I'm Galson. We're back here on 1865 when the first year is this show. But be free. Ashe, Ashe, Ashe. I'm so glad if a day one more again with all the hundred children. They share the queen quite ahead from the body of the Gullah Geechee Nation. Happy belated Juneteenth to some hundred children. And happy Juneteenth still to all the rest of the children with the day in the Gullah Geechee Nation. Like I say, plenty of them players like chuck down, shut down for this year day and thing like that. All the U.S. federal government will be shut down Friday. So hopes that hundred children and sleep off everything we're hundred and do over this year weekend and thing like that. Happy belated happy day to all daddy and thing and thing with the young generation who will celebrate this city. With a swear, say hundred done get up and getting ready for get involved and get into it. Cause this year one thing, but this year deal off and thing ain't going to do it. So I hope hundred children going to get me all around the world and thing like that. But first let me say thank you, thank you to all the hundred children who will become here for the first. Color Juneteenth thing Saturday. Oh, it's been a time, yeah. We're so glad that a hundred children taught them not robbery for day day with we and things like that. If on the water for honor, we ancestors them. Yeah? Okay then. So, let me crack my teeth out the rest of the week because I ain't want hundred children for no other saying none of this shit at all this evening because this thing, too much a thing that hundred children have for taking and get some overstanding about, yeah? Okay then. This is Queen Quet, Chiefess and Head of State for the Gullah Geechee Nation, founder of the sponsors of this broadcast, the Gullah Geechee Sea Island Coalition. And I am so happy to be here on the air in this post-Juneteenth Monday, and it is Juneteenth still in the Gullah Geechee Nation because the city of Charleston has shut down for today. 
the U.S. federal government shut down last Friday because of the new U.S. federal holiday, which is Juneteenth. Well, here in the Gullah Geechee Nation, many of us have been celebrating Juneteenth for decades. Many of you have met me, in fact, in Savannah, Georgia, for our annual Juneteenth at the Jepson. And now we will have the annual Gullah Juneteenth in Charleston on Juneteenth, as we used to have the Juneteenth celebration in downtown Charleston before, out in the Francis Marion Park and various other places. And there was hardly any folks that would come out. Well, I am proud to say hundreds of folks joined us, and we paid tribute to our ancestors at the Charleston Harbor on Saturday. And now... Let's put everything in context as to why the Gullah Geechee Nation has celebrated this Freedom Day for quite some time. First and foremost, for many, Juneteenth now is just a barbecue day. It's a party day. It's a day to drink red Kool-Aid and stuff. But we've long since known of the legacy of the story of how the Emancipation Proclamation, which was first read here in the Gullah Geechee Nation on the island of Port Royal in the town of Port Royal in Beaufort County, South Kakalak, in my home county, where the Emancipation Oak still stands, and that is one of our sites for the multi-site National Re- the Reconstruction National Historic Monument got upgraded to being the Reconstruction National Historic Park in the U.S. here in Vifid County, South Kakalaki, in the Gullah Geechee Nation. So that Emancipation Oak, many of you have seen me there via Gullah Geechee TV. If you have not seen it, go to Gullah, G-U-L-L-A-H, Geechee, G-E-E-C-H-E-E, dot TV, type in Queen Quet Emancipation Oak, and you can see when we commemorated there the first reading of the Emancipation Proclamation that President Abraham Lincoln signed into law. Well, I never thought when I shouted at the oak tree, the Emancipation Oak, and could feel that ancestral energy there as I did. And as I sang, it was as if I heard more voices than the hundreds of folks that were there with us for that commemoration. I could hear my ancestors singing then. I never thought that I would be in the midst of another U.S. president declaring a day that would be considered a day of emancipation or a day of freedom for people of African descent in North America, in America to be exact, the United States of America that was once a republic and a confederacy and all kinds of other words that people might use for it, a colonized place, a space that dragged African people from their continent brought them to a continent where there were already indigenous peoples. And many of the Gullah Geechis, we have both, both, both legacies within our DNA and the battles to fight for our freedom from both sides. And so we have this as family history, we have this within our collective consciousness. We have this within the very sinew in our bones, the continued battle to be free. But the interesting thing is how stories of freedom become legend and legendary in America. We've heard all sorts of stories that there was a messenger trying to get the message with the Emancipation Proclamation out to Texas and took two and a half years because he got sick and died or he got killed on the way and they had to send another messenger. We've heard all kinds of stories, and it was intriguing over the weekend to hear the mayor say that, no, actually, it was because of the simple hole the Confederacy still had in Charleston, and soon you all will get to hear that entire speech that he made regarding this story, this legend, this myth behind why, why 
would the Emancipation Proclamation be read January 1st, 1863 on an island here and take two and a half years to be read on an island in Texas? Well, actually, let's deal with that matter because what took place in Texas is quite a different story than how people have told it, and I think it parallels this difference in people's perspectives about what was really signed into law by U.S. President Biden and what is that ultimately going to mean. Is it just going to be a day for you to take the day off, an extra day to hang out and party, and how long folks going to do that? And someone asked the question, well, why would someone still then of African descent in North America uphold 4th of July? That was never our Independence Day. So they might say, put a pin in that right there. Once you hold that last statement I made right there, because we're going to come back there, about what independence means, what is emancipation, and what is self-determination, because they sure are not all the same thing. So let's go backwards to go forward. Sankofa. So during the U.S. Civil War, when there was what they call the Confederate soldiers fighting against the Union, so these were the Anglo people who were the colonizers, who were in rebellion against their own government, their government, because the government was never established for the Africans. The African people were enslaved. When they had this war that they say a brother against brother, we would call them a big shoot and they were going to whine on. So here it is that in order to entice these people to get back in the Union and stop being in rebellion against it, a war document was issued. That's what the Emancipation Proclamation was about. It became effective on January 1, 1863, but it was announced on September 22, 1862 that if the rebels, who we now know as the Confederates, the ones that in the movies have in the gray uniforms and not the blue uniforms, did not get back in line, get in the Union, that's the ones who wore the blue uniforms, was the Union, the ones who were upholding what they were supposed to be creating here, right? He said if they don't get back in there, then all the enslaved persons in the Confederate States of America in rebellion and not in Union hands were freed. So that included the folks here in the Gullah Geechee Nation and what's the South and some parts of the Deep South. So in Texas, these folks had migrated away from this coast, the southeastern coast, to go to the deeper south because they would call themselves trying to get away from the fighting. And so they kidnapped and forced and dragged, made walk across the country, uh, many of our ancestors that ended up in Texas. So there was over a thousand folks that when Galveston and Houston by 1860 that had come from out in this direction. And there were other large towns that developed. So by 1865, they estimated a quarter million people of African descent who were enslaved to be in Texas. So you're not talking about no little bit of folks that they supplied to. Well, there was a gentleman that made an order. I know y'all have many times heard me talk about special field order number 15 that y'all now call 40 acres and a mule and all of that stuff. Well, there was Union Major General Gordon Granger, who on the morning of June 19th, 1865, at the island of Galveston, read General Order Number 3, first at the Union Army Headquarters at the Oysterman Building, which was formerly at the intersection of Strand Street and 22nd Street. They've now taken that down, I understand, in the Strand Historic District there in Galveston. 
They then marched to the 1861 Custom House and the Courthouse and then went to what was then a black church or what they call a Negro church on Broadway that is now called the Reedy Chapel AME Church. And there is where he reread this proclamation that was in accordance with the executive of the United States that said that all that had been all folks that had been enslaved were free. And I quote, the people of Texas are informed that in accordance with the proclamation from the executive of the United States, all slaves are free. This involves an absolute equality of personal rights and rights of property between former masters and slaves. And the connection heretofore existing between them becomes that between employer and hired labor. The freedmen are advised to remain quietly at their present homes and work for wages. They are informed that they will not be allowed to collect at military posts and that they will not be supported in idleness either there or elsewhere. Now, <clears throat> it's interesting that they will let you know you can't be out there begging them at any of the posts for anything, and there's a whole other story we'll discuss another time about that. And they wanted you to stay where you were and work for somebody else to pay you. There's nothing in there that actually says go ahead and proceed with your own life on your own, get your own land, start your businesses, you know, y'all take care. We wish you well with freedom. That's not said. They actually laid it out and said specifically, you now will be an employee. So now work for us. So you were working for us anyway. But now, instead of being enslaved, we give you a little bit of change when you work by law. Now this was said for the Anglo people that had been enslaving everybody so that they would know they need to now pay folks. Well, that whole sharecropping system that developed, especially throughout the Deep South and spread all over the South, was the result of the so-called freeing of enslaved people on paper without having them actually freed mentally and physically. Fortunately, in the Gullah Geechee Nation, prior to the Emancipation Proclamation and definitely prior to this order number three, many of our ancestors had gone to land auctions because of the U.S. Confiscation Act they were able to be at those auctions and bid on land, and many of us still live on our own family land in the Gullah Geechee Nation. So people now had a different trajectory historically because they had the thing on which they could build multi-generational wealth, and they had a place on which they could sustain families going forward without working for someone else simply to benefit from their labor, which was still, just as the adage goes, slavery by another name. So let's think about last weekend with a new declaration in the United States of calling it, instead of just say National Juneteenth Day, National Juneteenth Freedom Day, instead of designating it as a Freedom Day, it actually is being called an Independence Day. The United States already has an Independence Day. So why would it be called Independence Day? So I was intrigued before this show by this entire thing and sought to go get a copy of this document for myself. But instead of it being the utmost document at the top of the White House information, instead what is there, which is more common nowadays with the continued way that people market everything and propagandize things, 
instead of just simply giving me what is this federal law and the language of that law and what was this bill so I could read it to you over the air tonight. Instead, the first thing I saw were the comments by U.S. President Biden about what was signed in. And I just want to read a little bit of his comments here. And let's do a little bit of forensics on these comments. Now, quote, by making Juneteenth a federal holiday, all Americans can feel the power of this day and learn from our history and celebrate progress and grapple with the distance we've come, but the distance we have to travel, Jim. You know, I said a few weeks ago, marking the 100th anniversary of the Tulsa Race Massacre, Great nations don't ignore their most painful moments. Great nations don't ignore their most painful moments. They don't ignore those moments of the past. They embrace them. Great nations don't walk away. We come to terms with the mistakes we made, and in remembering those moments, we begin to heal and grow stronger. The truth is, it's not simply not enough just to commemorate Juneteenth. After all, the emancipation of enslaved black Americans didn't mark the end of America's work to deliver on the promise of equality. It only marked the beginning, end quote. And it does mark a beginning. It marks a beginning of an opportunity that really is within the hands, the hearts, the minds, the drumbeats, the rhythm of people of African descent in the United States. Because depending on which rhythm you play, it's either just a party tune or it is a signal to come together and stand and fight and obtain your own freedom. Self-emancipation is attached to self-determination. When it is simply emancipation, is someone giving you freedom. It is not you standing up and taking your freedom. And in the stories that must be remembered, including that of Tulsa, including that of Rosewood, including that of Wilmington, including that of MOVE, including that of the Sea Islanders of the Gullah Geechee Nation. You have to look at the reality of the people who took their freedom in their own hands. Harriet Tubman, God bless her, was not the only one that did so. Hundreds of thousands of people of African descent took their freedom in their own hands, took their own self-determination during chattel enslavement, during the U.S. Civil War, during Reconstruction, and began to build for their future generations the North So now, there are many people who are content with just having another day that only marks the second holiday in the United States that has anything to do with black folks. The first one was Dr. Martin Luther King Day. Now, I didn't even think about it until Saturday that I have now lived long enough to actually be here when two different holidays were declared and the only two that deal with black people in the United States. I remember the marching and the petition writing and, you know, the song that Stevie Wonder when he released Happy Birthday to you that we all can sing so well for birthday parties now and doing all of that to shed a bright light on the fact as much as people truly abuse Dr. King's name because they exploit his name and his legacy and make it seem like all he did was had a dream 
this man was a visionary. He wasn't just dreaming. His eyes were wide open. Hence, his assassination. Because as he lived, he was opening too many more eyes about the intersecting discrepancies, the intersection of the degradation through various means that was taking place throughout the United States to people who had been intentionally not enfranchised in many ways and in other cases disenfranchised by even the time he was born. And why do I say disenfranchised? Because if we go back to the places that I just laid out, by the time he was born and in the midst of the time he was living, he had witnessed these things where these black communities or had heard of these black communities having been built up to only be burned down, to be bombed, for people to be dragged out into the street, for people to be lynched, for pillage to go on of their property, them no longer being chattel and being considered property and becoming property owners now became an offense and an affront to the Buckraman, to the Anglo people that considered themselves to be the boss because of things like that previous order that said they should employ us. Yet and still to this day, every time a destruction there tries to enter the Gullah Geechee Nation, the first thing that these politicians want to sell to you is they're going to bring jobs. Whose jobs? At what rate? Is that a living wage or not? And regardless of what amount it is, if you don't own the company, it ain't good enough. So here we go. Slavery by another name. During chattel enslavement, we did get the other Independence Day off. Other than the maybe Sir DeBuck or them, they lick anything like that, because they've been to celebrate all day and things like that, because they have for day. They ain't been for we. Tall, tall. So. Here it is that we had Christmas off and New Year's Day and Fourth of July, and these things took on their own meaning amongst us to the point where Frederick Douglass wanted to know what is the meaning of the Fourth of July to the Negro. We still have the question that yet remains to be answered. But now, what is the true meaning of Juneteenth? To black folks right now, in this moment, that's wonderful to beat your drums last Saturday. Should have been beating them from a long time back. But if your first time to pick up a drum and beat it was Friday or Saturday, I ain't mad at you. Dear Brother Tupac, I ain't mad at you. But I hope that we didn't just beat out sounds to just dance instead of beating the drum to bring us together. Because there's a larger discussion that has to go on. And I encourage you to go to CBS News Radio and type in Queen Quet. Sister Allison Keys did the week, week roundup, weekly roundup. And she spoke to several of us about what this new signing of this bill really means to us. And... How are we going to commemorate Juneteenth? And on my way from Gullah Juneteenth to the Bluffton Juneteenth to close out that afternoon with the others who were celebrating and closing out the day there, and we appreciate the Bluffton MLK Observance Committee for hosting the event. I had an opportunity to listen to that interview. I had multiple interviews that I was on come out time that we were moving right into the Juneteenth celebration, and I was moving through doing a number of keynote addresses. So I didn't get to just listen to all of them, and here they were coming back to back to back like rapid fire. And so I said, well, oh, this is an opportunity while I'm on the ride. Let me listen to what CBS News Radio had to say about what we had to say about Juneteenth. And it was interesting 
to hear truly what happened within the chambers of Congress and why it happened and how this broadens an opportunity for there to be a true movement toward discussing H.R. 40, which has been out there for generations. And H.R. 40 is simply to do a study about reparations, not to actually issue reparations. And there is a fear around the study because them folks already know they don't need to study nothing to recognize the fact that, yes, people of African descent are entitled to reparations. Most of you know that my major focus in life is the self-determination and human rights for Gullah Geeshis. And then second to that, others of the world. Why? Because my mama said charity begins at home and then goes abroad. Within the United Nations Human Rights Office of the High Commissioner, the rule of law for reparations and the, is the basic principles and guidelines on a right to a remedy and reparations for victims of gross violations of international human rights law and serious violations of international humanitarian law. Everyone around the world knows that transatlantic slave trade was a crime against humanity. So no one has to say they need to study to figure it out. That's not the point. They know full well if you call it a crime against humanity, it already is a gross violation in a myriad of ways. And that is just chattel slavery from its inception. What about its continuation after the international trade was banned in 1808 to then continue it with domestic trade? within what is now the United States. What about continuing after that to harm people through what we now call the Jim Crow era, which is the time of Reconstruction? Jim Crow started to jump around and do his dance and do Jim Crow during this era. And that is why many historians say Reconstruction was never completed reparations would be required for Reconstruction to be completed because things that made the black family, the African family, a family was deconstructed in order to create a chattel enslavement system, a structure on which all of America's wealth was built. Black people, people of African descent, whose family got here via those enslavement vessels, are the cornerstone. We laid the cornerstone, literally, of this land that they call America and of the Gullah Geechee Nation. So there need not be really a study, but that was the same thing they did here. And you all well know if you've been listening to this show ever since we've been on the air and now we're in our eighth uh, series, eighth year of doing this particular version, but many of you know that I had a podcast prior to us coming to Blog Talk Radio. So we're talking about over a decade. You all know full well about the special resource study of low country color culture. And you know we were there and thing like that, and we the one crack we teach for our son, chilling for coming here for do this shit and thing like that. If for who upon we lying if I help we with the culture and thing like that. Damn, this and oh, you can't just do them like that. They have to do this shit. So there's policy, there's procedure. That is how America is structured as a bureaucracy. So they go through these procedural things. They draw them out. You have to fight for them to happen. They don't just happen. So people have been fighting for years and making it their business to promote Juneteenth. I fought for years and made it my business through the Gullah Geechee Sea Island Coalition to fight and push and promote Gullah Geechee being together, not Gullah separate, Geechee separate. 
the first person to put Gullah Geechee together and is now known around the world in that way. And then approached Congressman James Clyburn to say, help us keep Gullah Geechee land. And he did what he could do. And it was basically to say, and now the rest is up to you. So again, I honor everyone who's taken the steps for decades to get Juneteenth to the floor. I honor everyone who's taken the steps to continue to reintroduce H.R. 40, even to get the reparation study underway, but yet that has not been signed into law. And even when it is, if it is, it would take years, just like they did here, with the special resource study of low country Gullah culture. Six years of my life, another three years of my life, to actually get the Gullah Geechee Cultural Heritage Act passed. Then in 2006, it became a congressional act, but it had to be what? Signed into law by the president, who was then President George W. Bush. When I mentioned the Reconstruction Era National Monument, that was signed into law the last week that President Barack Obama was in office. Well, here we are in the first weeks that President Biden come in, and he stepped forward. He signed, he undid a lot of foolishness in terms of environmental harms, and there's still more work to be done there. And as rapidly as those things were done, they haven't rapidly done police reform, which ties back to slavery. It was the slave patrollers, the paddy rollers, that became what you now call the U.S. police departments. What's, what's, what's moving so slow on that for? And I could hear Dr. King right now, God bless the dead, saying, yeah, they told him the same thing. That's why he wrote the book, Why We Can't Wait, because he was always told, you know, the same thing I'm saying about the bureaucracy and, you know, the wheels of progress moving slow and, you know, slow down. We can't do things too fast. Well, I think decades is slow enough. It's time to make a change and a real one. It's wonderful to know that Senator Tina Smith, Senator Ed Markey, Senator Raphael Warnock, who is Gullah Geechee from Savannah, Georgia, Senator John Cornyn, Majority Whip James E. Clyburn, Representative Barbara Lee, Representative Danny Davis, Chair Joyce Beatty, and Sheila and Ms. Opal all were allowed to come forward and sign this document to pronounce Juneteenth. We're very happy that they were able to sign it. But now, this is the signing of what's called the Juneteenth National Independence Day Act, and people are already upset about it because they said, why call it Independence Day when you already have an Independence Day? Why was it named that way? Well, I'm not so concerned about us nitpicking over the Independence Day just as a word. I'm more concerned about us independent enough to have some independent thoughts about this thing. And I salute Steve Harvey for what he had to say last Saturday on the Steve Harvey Morning Show that if you just trying to give us a holiday so that you can look away from the real discussions, the real things that need to be signed on to and negotiated, such as H.R. 40 with reparations, then you could have kept the holiday. Because for me, it was an easy, low-hanging fruit because what they knew was if we go ahead and we make this declaration Money will be spent like last year. Money will be spent on people traveling. They'll be spent in hotels. It'll be spent on gasoline. And it definitely will be spent on folks getting liquored up. They knew that. And who owns, for the most part, things that I just mentioned? Think about that. Are these people of African descent? 
whose day Juneteenth is, who the day belongs to. I saw a lot of confusion in imagery and videos that I saw getting posted. Why is Juneteenth not a day that simply every dollar that you could amass and every presenter that you could find should have been of African descent that also got paid to present over the weekend? Why did we need to make Juneteenth multicultural? If this is about finally righting some wrongs, those who were wronged, those who had the violations committed against their ancestors, and unfortunately, we still have folks alive in that. That's over 100. So we talk about folks who witnessed and still have a lot of the pain that they grew up with because of the things I named earlier that traumatized us, that we've seen, seen images of or actually saw what was sung so hauntingly about the strange fruit. What's strange to me at this hour is how we who do not know history are repeating because, again, do you simply want to be employed and someone else be your employer? Is it not time to own something? Is it not time to stand and truly be independent? Independent people want self-determination. And part of their self-determination is having the restoration of those things which were usurped, taken, burned, destroyed. They weren't lost. People made concerted efforts to destroy every independent movement that African people had to uplift themselves in spite of the fact that they had already been the ones that uplifted and built everything else for everybody but themselves that created America. So now what we're doing is just taking a holiday where black folks should be proud to be able to celebrate and have a freedom celebration. Are we going to just make it a party? Or are we going to truly make this an opportunity? Because I'm going to go back into these remarks. Let me see if I find this spot one more time because I don't want to misquote him because I don't like nobody misquoting me for us to feel the power of the day, learn from our history, and celebrate progress. Learn from history. Learn that if all you do is then take the money and put it back in the very system that continues to enslave you by taking away your voting rights from that system, that continues to enslave you by always offering you a job instead of providing you with the direct financial access so that you have the means by which you own the land on which you stand and own the businesses there so that you then employ some more of your own people. We're not learning from history, and we're not making progress as black people. Let me be clear. I'm talking to black people. Other people making progress. But you have to truly ask yourself, what did you do? And and what was critical for me was I just did sort of a social experiment on social media. Now, a picture, a thousand words, yes, but y'all can read too. I know you can because you read the memes and laugh. So here it is that I posted, what did you do to support black people or uplift them for Juneteenth? And out of thousands and tens of thousands of so-called Facebook friends and followers and supporters, so far under that question, I had two answers. Two answers. Which leads me to believe that others, it wasn't that they didn't see it, they saw it, but had no answer. Because if you truly search within yourself, the answer might have been, I didn't do anything like that. Well, another Juneteenth will come next year, and if God spare your life, 
I hope that you do something differently, but we can't wait till next year to tell the truth, to get down to brass tacks, as they used to say, and to deal with why they're giving you a distraction. So if you're playing that kind of music that only got your booty bumping and you ain't playing the drum to draw you in and ignite within you something that calls you to freedom, that calls back that DNA of Cato and Gullah Jack and Denmark Vesey and Gabriel Prosser and these folks and Harriet Tubman to stand up in this moment, that's what they gave you the day for. The test test to see if you would truly stimulate the economy again. The test to see if all that was going to happen was a big party while their parties plan to take back every stitch of land and to financially gain wealth for their multi-generations. So I say to you that what I listen to about this being an opportunity for there not to be any more fear about H.R. 40 and discussion of reparations. I don't know about that. I'm reminded of the album cover, Fear of a Black Planet. And until we recognize the difference between reality and reality TV, there's always going to be this cyclical journey, this 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 dog proverbially chasing its tail while everyone else gains opportunity and literally walks forward and makes the progress. So as is said here by President US President Biden, the truth is it's not simply enough to commemorate Juneteenth. The emancipation, meaning they gave you something that said you could be free. When do you take freedom for yourself? Like he says, after all, the emancipation of enslaved black Americans didn't mark the end of America's work to deliver on the promise of equality. It only marked the beginning. So we need to begin to unite as black people. We need to begin to end any form at all of disunity and disloyalty amongst ourselves so that we can focus on restitution, on compensation, on rehabilitation, so that we have the things that truly bring us to real reparations. There's a bill that hasn't been paid. King told you that. Go back and listen. There's been books written about this repeatedly. America owes a debt. And all of we who be Gullah Geechee, don't know what all of this shit, you see. And so do we draw along so. And then when they hear they say, for true, for true. We got we don't need anything like that. And then I said, Lord, why do we? Then look what we do. All this your coin tell for anything like that. So try to teeth the thing from we. So we got to pay attention. Don't get distracted. Drum calls are good. But they need to be drum calls to bring out the drum majors that are leading us ever onward to freedom, to justice to have equity and equality. We don't simply want to talk about somebody claiming the word Independence Day and getting it blended in with this just being a run on your money from Juneteenth to July holiday that pays back into a system that isn't paying back us, our ancestors, or leaving anything for our future generations. So now is the time. Black people, if you hear me, now is the time for some self-emancipation. 
So I pray you had a great time for Juneteenth, because I know I did. And I want to say thank you, thank you to all the Hunter children. People drove, people flew. We had people from multiple states attend the first gull of Juneteenth. And we beat the drums. We beat the drums for freedom. And so we want to make sure that you all know we ain't sleeping on the matter. And I stand with my brothers and sisters in Congress that pushed for this, that were there for a historic moment to sign it, and I thank you for the work you've done, and I'm looking forward to the work continuing, especially here in the Gullah Geechee Nation. So next is Gullah Geechee Family Day. Join we as we continue the Saving Gullah Geechee Land Caravan, and you can donate at GoFundMe to the Gullah Geechee Land and Legacy Fund and dollar sign Gullah Geechee Nation on Cash App. Because freedom ain't never been free. I'm looking forward to beating the drums with you wherever Hunter to be. This year, the Queen Quet head upon the body of the Gullah Geechee Nation. So glad that Hunter tune in for this post-Juneteenth broadcast and celebration. But keep in mind, the drums of Juneteenth, emancipation, and it's that time for that reparation. Stand strong, beat your drum, honor the ancestors. Our freedom day quite come. Peace and blessings. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.